How's it going, everybody? Before we get into today's episode, I definitely think it needed just a little bit of pretense. Um, Just so everyone knows, this week on ESPN, they celebrated the 20th year anniversary of Pardon the Interruption, PTI, as most people know it as. Uh, It was such, or is, I should say, since it's still running, such a huge part of why I love sports media. And to me, it's the epitome of what a sports show should look and sound like. Uh, It should be very fun, laid back, have some knowledge, have some debate. But at the end of the day, it's two friends who are just giving their takes, giving their thoughts back and forth and having a good time, not taking themselves too seriously. And uh, I think that's something that me and Frankie are are really good at and trying to develop as we go. So I thought this episode would just be a fun little homage to a show that we both love. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great, not just sports show, but sh- television show in general for, for anyone who, who just loves quality TV. I mean, the ticker is, is iconic and we obviously can't have a ticker, uh, with audio, but it just, it sent so many things in motion. Um, so it was a real honor to be able to honor the PTI legacy, and I hope that we did it justice. So um, I hope you all enjoy a lot, and it was really, really, really fun to make. So uh, again, hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to Pardon the Interruption. Pardon the Roar. Pardon, yeah, the, pardon roar. the Roar. There we go. Uh, pardon the Roar. Uh, Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardicelli, as always. Uh, the Sacramento Kings won last night in their uh, season opener, one twenty four to one twenty one. Frankie, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done after a victory? After it doesn't have to be a Kings victory, but like just a, a not even a dumb thing, just an, an uh, excessive celebration, as the NFL would call it. Oh, I got it. Uh, when I was in high school, after sitting on the bench for most of my freshman basketball game, I ran into the locker room after a big win and I kicked one of those things that you hit in football practice. One of the big, the big dummy guys, like the pads that you hit. So hello, ESPN classic, classic. I laid a, laid a hit on one of those guys, uh, gave him a little kick too. And I fractured my foot. So that's, that's, uh, you pulled, uh, you pulled kind of like an, uh, an Amari Stoudemire, I think did that. Um, when he was on the Knicks, he like punched, uh, uh, a fire extinguisher, I think. Yeah, and there's a pitcher on the Brewers that just broke his hand the the week of the playoffs, punching a wall after they clinched a division. So, didn't do oh, any of that last night. It felt good. I I had a nice, I had a nice, ti- you're a nice punching ti- air. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a Tiger Woods fist pump, but uh, it it was one of those games that you think could get away. At the end, I was pretty certain it was going to get away as soon as that ball went off Tyrese's uh, or got stripped from Tyrese for the lay-in. Right after De'Aaron lost his shoe, it just seemed like one of those. <laughs> you know, games that are going the wrong way. Yes. Yes, it definitely did. Well, uh, yeah, we have a very special episode for everybody. Uh, without further ado, let's, let's get into it. As we just stated last night was the, uh, opener for the Sacramento Kings and for a majority of the NBA, uh, the Sacramento Kings won uh, in in Portland, one twenty four to one twenty one. Uh, Harrison Barnes led the way with thirty six points out of nowhere. Uh, Frankie, my question for you was: Last night a one hit wonder, or is it a sign of things to come for the Sacramento Kings? 
Well, it it's you don't want to get overly excited, right? It, it's it's take it with a grain of salt the fact that the Kings number one they beat a team that's been a perennial playoff contender for the last eight nine years. Uh, it was pretty much a game that was in Sacramento's control the entire time. I'd say the Kings were in control; they were steering this one, kind of like the Kings of of old. They they let go, they let go of the momentum late, but. Uh, I think it's it's a huge positive for this team to to close out a game like that late. Where, as I put it on Twitter last night, I think ten out of time, ten out of ten times last season, the Kings lose this game. They 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 showed a little bit of poise late. Uh, Harrison Barnes had the best night of his life last <laughs> night. Maybe things go a little differently if that happens. Damian Lillard, O of nine from three, uh, that could change some things as well. But hey, you you have to be happy with what you saw last night. Yeah. I, I'm, I am. I'm, I'm very happy at what I saw for a majority of last night. I think the thing that is scary, however, old habits die hard, um, is the fact that they, they did revert to the team that they were last year for a period. They were up 18 in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think it was just a matter of the team got up by a lot and felt like they had it sealed and uh, they got lazy on defense. I don't necessarily think uh, the defense was bad at all last night. I just think... Uh, I think a big thing that I noticed and we'll get into it later was the perimeter defense was actually really, really good. Uh, so much so that it spotlighted uh, the, how, how bad our rim protection is and how much we need a legitimate rim protector. Uh, so that's something that I kind of am going to look forward to uh, as the season progresses. But uh, I, I feel like we saw something that's pretty sustainable for this Kings team. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see game two because uh, you know, for, for a majority of last night, that was, that's the Kings team that we were expecting to see. And I think if they bring that kind of defensive energy and, and defensive focus in the future, then, then yeah, I think this team can be everything that they, that they said that they want to be. Are we seven and zero since Doug Christie took over as a We're seven and zero since the, Doug Christie has not lost and Davion Mitchell has not lost. So never, so never lost, that? never lost, never lost. Oh, there's our bell right there. Uh, so, you know, yeah, we're, we're official. We got literally all the bells and whistles. Uh, Dude, props, props to you for finding those sounds, at, yes. by the way. I, <laughs> by the way, yeah, these were not like you can you can try. You cannot just YouTube or Google PTI sound effects and they exist. You have to uh, mine the show and and uh, and get them yourself. Well, we did it. So, yeah, you, you did it. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that the bells and whistles are appreciated. However, we just mentioned Davion Mitchell. Let's move on to him for our next topic. Uh, the Sacramento Kings rookie made his debut last night, played 24 minutes uh, and scored two points, uh, had three turnovers offensively, shot the ball one of six from the field. Uh, did he have any assists? He had three assists, three rebounds. I think, you know, this is going to be how it is some nights for Davion where the stat sheet just straight up doesn't tell the truth of, of how good of a game he played. Um, obviously he did. Yes. Struggle offensively, which is something that we should, we should frankly just come to expect throughout the season. Like he's not, he's not nearly as polished defensively or offensively as he is defensively. Uh, however, his defense was, was incredible. Frank, do you think Davion Mitchell by the end of the season will crack the starting lineup or the closing lineup. He almost cracked it last night, but uh, but eventually got subbed in for uh, for Tyrese. But uh, what, what were your thoughts about Davion? Certainly, there's a good chance. I think that last night we saw a pretty 
it's one game, but we saw a pretty good uh, indicator that Mo Harkless will not be playing big minutes late in games. And you saw the closing lineup last night was De'Aaron Fox, Tyre, not Tyrese Halberton, excuse me. He also was on in last night after struggling a little bit. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell was in late. Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, and Rashawn Holmes, they were the closing lineup. Davion Mitchell is not going to put up those 20-point, 15-point performances on a regular basis. But like you said, the defense was there. Didn't show up in the box score. He had a lot of great uh, anticipatory. There's, I don't know how many deflections he had. I'd imagine more than a few. Uh, he did also get clobbered by Yusuf Nurkic at the end of the game last night. Uh, he, he was making all the right moves. The shots weren't falling, but I would imagine he's a guy that could be in the starting lineup as soon as midseason because of the defense he brings. Uh, his overall just just calmness out there was notable. He didn't look like he was trying to do too much. The shots he was taking were good looks, in my opinion. They just were not falling. But uh, I, I'd say overall, not a good or bad uh, debut. Just you know, right in the middle, right there. But that's okay. That's what we need from Davion Mitchell. Right in the middle, mm-hmm. good defense, knock down shots, and they're available. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think I think you just put it perfectly. Like there, it wasn't bad, it wasn't good, uh, and yet, like I think I think at the end of the day, you'll take that performance out of Davion Mitchell if he's if you can rely on him from literally from day one, and it, you can see Luke trusts him from day one. Uh, to go out there and play good defense and and most importantly uh, secure a win, that that's huge and I I fully expect him to be out there in in terms of any winning situation. Um, I don't I I'm kind of I, in the past we've talked. I think it, it would be a thing of if they're winning, Davion's in. If they're losing, Buddy's in or some something some other guard is in. More point is Davion's not. I feel like if the team is trying to win in general, like Davion's going to be on the court. And uh, there isn't really going to be that kind of, of game scripting um, that that dictates his play. Uh, I was really surprised, really, really pleasantly surprised, I should say. Uh, there we go. There's the bell. I was, I was wondering, is the bell coming? Is the, right, bell the, bell's, coming? the bell's coming. The bell's late. The bell is, uh, we, uh, you know, it's hard. We can, to, we can I can't wear multiple bell. hats. I can't produce and and host at the same time. Isn't that what they have? Uh, Tony. Exactly. Tony, uh, yeah, I need yeah. a Tony Reale. We need Tony Reale. Uh, anyways, yeah. See, and uh, now, now, I'm, now I'm lost. Where am I? Oh, here we go. Harrison Barnes. Uh, Harrison Barnes obviously had the night of his life last night. Career high, thirty six points, as I mentioned at the top. Nine rebounds, eight of eleven from three. I think in the third quarter he was six of six or seven of seven from the three point line exclusively. So definitely, I mean, he he was he literally could not miss from three at one point. Uh, absolutely amazing game from Harrison Barnes. My question, Frank, can we rely on Harrison Barnes? He's, I'm going to say it right here, right now. Harrison Barnes isn't going to average 36 points a game this season. What? Look, what do man, you mean? May, maybe 32, maybe 30, 36 is just, you know, we, we can't, we can't expect that. Th- 36 um, and nine, 36 and nine 36 per game. And nine. Yes. <laughs> he's really like, yeah, he, he's all, Harrison Barnes was on his MVP stuff last <laughs> night. Um, obviously we can't come to re- come to rely on 36 and, and nine from Harrison Barnes, but uh, can we rely on him? We talked so much last season about when the, when Harrison plays well, the team tends to play well. Uh, can we rely on Harrison to be, a steadying force for us instead of someone who comes and goes. Yeah, it's been one game, but the preseason yeah. two, he he looked 
it's been one game, but it also but when you bunch in the preseason and last season's performance from Harrison Barnes, a career year across the board in all categories. Uh, I think that he really fits in well with this with this King system, and and maybe to what people don't want to hear, he might fit well into to, to Luke Walton system. Uh, I think the 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 role that HB is playing is it's kind of a hybrid between his Warriors role and his Mavericks role, where in Dallas he was taking on the control of the offense and trying to make things happen a little too much, and then in Golden State he was kind of the outlier, the guy that would kind of trail out and and spot up, hit threes, kind of pick up buckets here and there where he could. Uh, this is the the ver- actual hybrid of that version where HB is finding his offense when he wants it, but also making the right moves. He had a career year in assists last year. He can rebound with the best of them. Uh, I don't expect 36 and nine every single night. No, but I do expect another year like last year, which would be 16 points, seven, six, seven rebounds. Just, you know what you're going to get from HB every night. Just hard nosed defense, strong offense. And he's a leader out there. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it it's very apparent that they look on Harrison to hit those last second shots or, um, you know, just big shots in general. Uh, there's there's not a lot of shooting on the team. We've talked about that extensively. I think Luke Walton yesterday said that uh, Terrence Davis and Buddy Heald are the two best shooters on the team. So um, in order to get I think he also said in that same press conference, almost I think in the same breath that he wants Harrison taking eight threes a game uh, this season, which is something that they've apparently agreed upon Harrison took 11 last night um it's something I'm 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 more than welcome to see I think uh, especially if Harrison's going to be playing the four more it's going to be really important for him to stretch the floor and uh use his speed to get around bigger guys because you know he's he's gonna have to he's gonna have to win his matchups a lot of nights and uh it's it's not going to be easy for him on the defensive end. So I, he's, he's just going to have to stay productive offensively, but I absolutely loved what I saw out of Harrison last night. Inspirational. And there's the bell. See, I got cut off by my own bell. Don't uh, play me off. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, it's the, uh, I was saying before we recorded, it's like the, uh, well, Dave Chappelle is canceled now, but uh, the Dave Chappelle uh, wrap it up button, you know, the, or the wrap it up box. That's, yeah, that's yeah. more what the bell is in spirit. For those of you who haven't watched PTI, for, first off, if you haven't watched PTI, like you're not going to know what the hell literally stop, we'll stop listening to this right now and go go watch an episode of PTI. I mean, it's they're going to be like, these guys been on suck. for 30, 20 years, like figure it out because they're going to be like, PTI, these, I'm not here. Yeah, they're going to be like, these guys suck. What are they doing? Yeah. They're ripping through <laughs> no, it. It's like, well, this, like this bell nope. and these. <laughs> Number one's one game, and yeah, we grew up on PTI, so yeah, we're gonna throw throw, throw Tony and Mike some love. Suck it. Uh, next up, last up, actually, before our interview segment, De'Aaron Fox, our our franchise player, our star. Uh, De'Aaron had, you know, he he had a, I mean, he ended up with the numbers, had twenty seven points, uh, five assist, or, I'm sorry, eight assists, five rebounds, five turnovers uh, on nine of twenty two shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, honestly, he, he ended up taking too many threes, and I think that really messed up his his uh, field goal percentage. But my question is a bigger question for the season because we obviously know De'Aaron Fox is, is capable of putting up these kind of numbers. A, do you think this is De'Aaron Fox's all-star year? B, do you think De'Aaron Fox can lead a team to a playoff victory, series victory? Uh, is it De'Aaron Fox's all-star year? Yes. I think he'll be playing like an all-star. Will he be on the all-star team? Probably not because as we know, the all-star selection is pretty political. If you've been in over the past two, three years, you're probably going to be in again until an injury holds you out. 
Could he make it as an injury replacement? Sure. That's kind of the way that Kings break through. DeMarcus Cousins broke through that way. Um, so it, it's it's something I think that last night was a good indicator of, of hey, this is De'Aaron Fox. It was as quiet as a 27-8 and eight as you could have. He started off really hot out the gate, and then he kind of slowed down a little bit. Obviously, it was HB's game, but Fox found his buckets when he could. And also, the, the fouls, the calls weren't coming last night. De'Aaron got hacked multiple times to no avail. Uh, the NBA is cracking down on, on how they, they call those fouls now and initiating contact, if it's a basketball play or not. Uh, I think De'Aaron Fox is, we, we know what you have. You have 26, 27 points per game, six, seven assists. And uh, we saw just that last night, even though he wasn't his usual self, just attacking and scoring at will, he picked up his points when he needed to and in, in an effective way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, he he looked like his his ability to score now is is at a different level than it even was last year. Uh, again, like I said at the top, I think he's he's fallen in love with that three point shot, and I think we see it typically through the first couple weeks of each of the past couple seasons with him, where he feels like he's he's starting to get a feel for his shot, and so he'll take like six or seven uh a game you he previously had done it in the in the preseason but um it usually will spill over a little bit to the season and last night it didn't look like it was it was gonna fall he was taking a lot of like legitimate like if you're a shooter like you would take those kind of threes but i don't know if someone who's still trying to find their range should be taking these off the dribble step back threes and stuff. Um, I like the confidence. I like that he, he envisions himself making those. Uh, I'm just not sure that they were the right situation and obviously didn't, didn't have the right result. Eight threes Um, is a lot. Eight threes is a lot. Eight threes, especially for De'Aaron is, is a lot. Um, And you know what? We don't have time to get to the, will this, will he, will he lead the team to a playoff victory? But I'll just say, uh, I think, I think he needs help. I, I don't necessarily think De'Aaron Fox isn't built like that, but um, I think it would be a, a tough, tall task for him to, uh, to for him to be the best player on a playoff team right now. Uh, oh, I forgot the bell. The bell. <laughs> the bell. There's the bell. Uh, so, I mean, with that, uh, we will now move on to our interview segment with uh with with Matt George of uh what is he of now his ABC name, his, 10 his and name's uh, Matt Bo- Kings Matt Boogie George is his name Matt Boogie George I'm sorry I'm sorry that's that's very much my fault disrespectful uh, yes uh so we will be uh right on back with Matt Boogie George Matt George uh, is joining us for our five good minutes here. Uh, it's going to be a rough five minutes. We'll see. It might go four, might go seven. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, so let's let's get straight into it. First off, Matt, uh, the game last night, Kings won 124-121 in Portland. Did anything really stick out to you? Did you notice, uh, did you notice anything that you really were, were waiting to see? Obviously, it's the first game of the season. It's a lot of things we're looking for. Uh, in the first half, I saw that what we saw in the preseason and what we believe this Kings team is capable of defensively, they actually are capable of. But in the second half, we saw the bad habits start to return 
and, and and the Kings kind of fall into. I I was ready to tweet out that we've seen this kind of game before, right? The Kings in the lead for the majority of it. It comes down to the end. The team makes a run, and the Kings basically fall apart. But to the Kings' credit in the second half, mainly to the credit of Harrison Barnes, every single time they needed a counter punch just to stop the bleeding a little bit or to get things under control, they had one, which is a big difference. I think, Frankie, you tweeted out that 10 out of 10 times last season, the Kings lose this game. I 100% agree with you. So to see them figure it out in game one, even if it's, if it's against a Portland team that I don't think is nearly as good as some people think they are, uh, that's uh, that's a big deal for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think so. And, and something I, I don't want to get into it, but I feel like we're going to take a lot of time here. Something that was very apparent was, was the not playing of Marvin Bagley. And we knew that because of uh, a release from his agent the day before, I'm just going to read a a quick snippet of it. Sacramento has informed Marvin Bagley. He is not in the opening night rotation, which is completely baffling. This is from Jeff Schwartz, his agent. Uh, It's clear that they have no plans for him in the future and yet passed on potential deals at last year's deadline and this summer based on value. Instead, they chose to bring him back but not play him a move completely contradictory to their quote unquote value argument. This is a case study in mismanagement by the Kings organization. Uh, that is, that is quite a, uh, a word salad there. There's a lot to <laughs> light, lot to bite off of um, Matt. What were first off, what were just your initial thoughts after reading that after it dropped? Uh, what was it? It was like yesterday at around one or two o'clock. Yeah, initially I was very annoyed just because it was the the continued pattern of what we know with Marvin Bagley's camp. Once again, it wasn't Marvin saying anything, but it was the people around him saying something. And in this case, the person who is supposed to speak for him and represent him is saying this. This isn't his dad. This isn't a social media manager. This is his representation uh, making a statement like this, which just further proves that Marvin continues to be enabled. And, and uh, even if there's some sort of point there, uh, trying to make it all about the Sacramento Kings and not about Marvin and his camp and the struggles that they've had, I think is just asinine and completely wrong. But then I quickly wanted to transition it to an actual basketball on the floor uh, conversation because I think that the decision to pull him out of the rotation just purely from a basketball standpoint, take all the drama out, I think that is the right decision. I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, I, I... Yes, there's a lot. So uh, to your point again, yeah, before we get onto the on the court stuff, do you think it's interesting to me? Because the thing that I first thought of is Marvin's on a plane right now. So how does that get dropped? Like we I was at I was at the practice that day. James Ham posted a video that day of Marvin literally dancing himself off of the court. Definitely has been in good spirits. It wasn't, you know, a I don't care kind of like I'm so free and I don't care about basketball. I'm dancing kind of thing. It was like he's just very locked in. He's at he's at peace with himself, it seems. Uh, So it was just strange for it to drop a the timing of it and b I mean, well, really just the double timing of it, the timing of it seems like Marvin's been happy this whole time and b it's less than or it's about 24 hours before their first game of the season. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand how, how, how do you think that that got pushed out? Because I, again, like I'm kind of insinuating here. I don't think Marvin really had much to do with it. I don't think if, if he, I feel like he might've had a conversation with his agent after and said, what was that about? Or I agree, but I, I don't think Marvin gave the clearance for that to drop. 
Yeah, I don't know if I, I believe that because once again, it's the representation of Marvin Bagley that's making this statement. Someone whose his job is literally to speak for Marvin Bagley and, and Schwartz is a very well-respected agent who has a lot of clients around the NBA. So he's not some naive guy that just doesn't uh, know that you're, you're not supposed to do this without your clients okay. Uh, he I think he knew what he was doing. And uh, Marvin has never had an outwardly frustrated and angry uh, appearance to what's been going on. It's always been people around around him that have not been happy. And then he would refuse to uh, confirm or deny whatever feelings those were not compared to Buddy Heald, for example, who was not afraid to take to the microphone, right? When he wasn't happy and, and speak his mind, that's not who Marvin Bagley has been. Marvin's always been kind of that go take it easy guy. And then when he'd be asked about it, he'd say it's God's plan or I'm here. And, and to Marvin's credit, he's done all the right things in training camp. Uh, he has been working hard. Uh, there's just not a spot in the rotation for him. And, and it looks like for the most part, when we see him, he understands that. But if, again, I, I just go back to the person who is representing him is speaking this way, is saying this about the organization that their client continues to play for, basically complaining that not only is their client not getting playing time, but that their client wasn't traded when they wanted to be traded. Uh, so I, I, it doesn't have to be Marvin Bagley saying it directly at this point. After all that's happened, it doesn't have to be Marvin directly saying it for me to think that it, it has to do with Marvin, his own personal feelings. Mm -hmm. And what do you think? Uh, I, again, I promise we'll get to the on the court stuff in a <laughs> second. But the last sentence to me is one A, that was just unnecessary. And B, it's very much trying to blame the Kings and mm -hmm. put the ball back in the Kings court because... I mean, it's as simple as it's just an easy narrative to say, look, everyone, it's these guys who always mess up's fault and mm -hmm. not my fault or my client's fault because he hasn't been able to. We know the story of Marvin, but um, why do you think that they decided to so directly attack the team? Because it really is an attack. It's not... It's not it's it's something that my bigger question for you is does Marvin ever play a game again for the Kings? It's one of those things where it's like if you're going to take that big of a shot at the organization and say this is this is institutional misconduct, this is you are not operating in a fair and just way that is trying to win basketball games is what they're accusing them of. Um I don't know just why 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 go so so strongly at the team i think it's, it has everything to do with money it's all money at this point because um marvin and i think his camp were pretty confident knowing that they weren't going to get his initial 14 million dollar qualifying offer then we found out through james ham that if marvin starts less than 41 games uh he would his qualifying offer drops down to seven million dollars so immediately that money is cut in half so there goes seven million dollars of what could have been yours in addition to that even with a seven million dollar qualifying offer more than likely the kings aren't going to issue that meaning marvin's going to be an unrestricted free agent i think this ploy has everything to do with trying to uh save face trying to blame the king's organization which are low-hanging fruit so that the weight is off their shoulders a little bit. The blame is off their shoulders. And maybe that will help a team this offseason, this upcoming offseason, 
be willing to take a shot on them and give them a little extra money because maybe they're thinking, oh, it's just the Kings that mismanaged you and don't know how to use you here in San Antonio, here in Oklahoma City, here in insert team here. We know how to uh, get you right and we know what you're worth. So we're going to issue you a, a three or four year deal for $10 million a year right here, right now. It's complete wishful thinking. And I think it's absolutely going to backfire because I think people see through this. Anybody who's paid just a little bit of attention to this entire Marvin Bagley saga knows that the Kings are certainly not blameless, but neither is Marvin Bagley in his camp by any means. So it's, it's all a financial future play to me. Um, and then of course, some little sour grapes when it comes to Monty McNair being here, the guy who didn't draft Marvin, who doesn't have to do right by Marvin to save his own ass. Uh, it's, it's just a mess. Gotcha. Two things before we get out. We'll we'll get to the on the court stuff. Uh, Marvin's agent Jeff Schwartz used the term baffling uh, that Marvin isn't in the rotation. Um, how do you feel about the fact that Tristan Thompson seems to have taken that role and and will probably get those twenty or so minutes per game? See, I don't think it's just Tristan Thompson. I think it's going to be so. a combination of Tristan Thompson or Alex Len, depending upon the matchup. It was Tristan Thompson last night. Uh, and I could argue Alex Len could have gotten more opportunities, especially with Yusuf Nurkic being on that team. But for the most part, the Blazers are kind of a, a smaller, uh, quicker team uh, when Nurkic is off the floor. So I think it was Tristan Thompson last night because he's more reliable. Alex Len uh, is more reliable. And that kind of gets into the on-court stuff, uh, which I'll save a little bit. Uh, but I, I like what Tristan does. He wasn't necessarily the most effective last night. Neither was Tyrese Halliburton. So I'm not going to read too much into, into one game. Uh, but Tristan provides uh, rebounding he provides better defense than you're going to get out of Marvin Bagley and he's been there before he's clearly a leader he's had an effect on this locker room right away now he can have that same effect sitting on the bench uh, but on the floor not to mention there's a trust already established between Luke Walton and Tristan from the time that they were teammates uh, in Cleveland and trust is very important to Luke Walton with getting time in his rotation last question we'll get you out here on this I, I just brought it up does Marvin Bagley play another game for the Sacramento Kings um, I think he does. I think he does because I think Luke is is aware of what the Kings still do have in Marvin, which is walking numbers uh, without even really trying. And there will be a point in this season with either injuries or something happening where Marvin can help this team win. And I think that's the whole point of this entire season is the Kings are trying to win basketball games. The Kings are trying to make the playoffs and they will play whoever gives them the best chance. And that's why I think holding Marvin out of the rotation is the absolute right decision. The entire point of preseason was to get a group together and get them comfortable uh, with one another so that they could um, be ready to hit the ground running come the regular season. Marvin only played one out of four preseason games. He started in the first one, didn't play in the other three. So the Kings moved on with guys who did play, who got time to to get comfortable with one another. And I think Tristan Thompson or Alex Len, plus the, the three guards coming off the bench in what I believe will be a nine-man rotation all season long for Luke Walton, I think those players give the Kings the best chance to win on a nightly basis, which is the whole point. At some point this season... I think Marvin will have his number called when they need scoring coming off the bench, or maybe there's an injury, God forbid, to like Mo Harkless or um, Tristan Thompson, Alex Len, and they need that depth a little bit. That I could also see that being Shemezi Metu in certain places. Uh, so it all has to do with whoever gives the Kings the best chance to win, and I don't think Luke Walton is, is going to be petty enough to say, no, absolutely not, Marvin, because of what your agent said. I don't believe that one bit. Perfect. Thank you so much, Matt. That's why we have you on. Matt George, Locked on Kings podcast, ABC 10. 
You can follow him at uh, Matt George Sack. Is that correct? Yes, sir. S A C. Matt George Sack on S A C S A C on uh, on Twitter. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Love your show. All right, thanks, Matt. Uh, that was that was enlightening. Um, always good to talk to Matt. <laughs> we peel peel back the curtain. We haven't. We, we actually haven't interviewed Matt yet, but yeah, we're gonna interview Matt after we record this. But uh, you know, I just we'll, we'll throw in some some witty witty banter here to uh, right. make it seem like we, we talked to him. Wow, Matt. You know, I, you know, I just haven't. You know, Matt brought up some great points. You know, I've just never, I've never thought of, I've never thought of that situation in that way. You know, like when you really think about it like that, like it's crazy. You really just get a different perspective. So yeah, shout out, Matt. He laid it out so perfectly. He just, yeah. he, he really knew. It. You know, it'd be funny if he does bail on us because he is a, he's a new dad. He's a new dad. So <laughs> we're just like, uh, Jason Ross actually is the one <laughs> who did the interview segment. So, uh, well, we could get Matt because he's a dad and diaper duties. So yeah. here's Jason. So uh, here's Jason, uh, who looks like a baby. He kind of yeah, looks like a baby. Who changes all of our diapers at the station? He does. Um, if you want to know, Jason put out that tweet yesterday about how he'd been at the station for 28 years and. I was I was thinking I'm 27. If you want to know how long Jason Ross has been working at KHK, just look at me. I'm I am his career. If you look at yeah. my age, that's that's a dream. Look at me, right? <laughs> that's a dream. I no. am your career. Look at me. I, I am your career. This is what you aspire I'm the to be. Physical embodiment of I'm coming for you. Five eight, pasty white kid. That's that's your career. All right, we're going to let's move on to our game segment now. Let's let's uh, let's get things going. Uh, we're going to do a little for all those again who have not seen PTIA, go watch it. B. Uh, they tend to do a third segment of like of some games. Sometimes it'll be like a crystal ball. Sometimes it'll be I don't know. I can't even remember what they did. You know they do squid they game. Do, they do fun game. Squid game. Yeah, they'll do a squid game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're going to do fill in the blank just because it's the easiest in terms of in terms of production. And if you don't have to see a visual representation, so we're going to do a little fill in the blank game. It's pretty obvious. But uh, for for those who still don't understand, I'm going to say a sentence. I'm going to leave a blank and me and Frank are going to create words, uh, a, a, a word souffle, if you will, uh, to finish off the sentence. Uh, without further ado, let's 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 get into it. Uh, tonight's debut from Davion Mitchell was blank. Me first. Um, I can go first if you want. If you need time. Uh, no, I, I I'd say underwhelming. Mm. Oh, mm. and only under, I know I said earlier that it was right in the middle of what you wanted to see. Um, underwhelming just because he did take some good shots that I thought were open looks. I would like to see him make those. I know he has the ability to knock those down. I saw it in preseason, but um. The, the shooting aspect might have been a little bit of jitters, but he looked really comfortable in all other aspects on defense and and uh, playing off ball, that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I would like to see some of those shots fall. So I'll, I'll say underwhelming or or mid, maybe mm. in the middle. Like, But he, I'm not going to say it was bad, you know. I'm going to go full PTI on my word right here. I'm very proud of, you, proud of it. Off-nightian. Off-nightian. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> wait, we're supposed to wait. What? We're supposed to create our own, like, make up words? It could just be however however you want it to be. I, I, just, I dropped the ball on that one. Generally, on some, uh, just sometimes they'll, they'll, I mean, most of the time it'll be a word that's normal, but 
on occasion they'll just make up a uh a fun word and that's what I, I let off nightian off nightian uh <laughs> both for himself and uh for those who he guarded because honestly i i think i might have said it on the record i'm not a fan of off night nickname like it's not terrible but it's not you know the dr j that everyone makes it out to be um it's it's fine it's uh it's a little corny if we're being honest there's there's zero percent chance davion himself ever refers to himself as off night or i i think even enjoys it but who am i to say whatever um anyway it's off nightian because he was himself off was one of six uh didn't really ever feel like he was running the offense at any point uh didn't really feel like he was ever looking for his shot which is fine because i don't think he's an offensive weapon um however he also created off nights i don't know if he created the off night for damian lillard because he was cold even uh even before davion ever got in but uh dame lillard was what did he finish o of nine from three didn't well he the the one that he almost made was the would have sent the game to overtime yeah (laughs) Yes, which is very Damien-esque. Uh, however, yeah, Dame was 0 of 9 from 3. Uh, you'll see if you go on Twitter, there's random highlights of, of, of Davion slowing down and stopping uh, CJ McCollum a couple times. Who was having uh, a great night. Yes, he was. I, I think Davion uh, was pretty much as as sold um, or as he was, as he was uh, marketed. You know, he's a great defensive player um with with some room to go on offense so i'm gonna go off nightian uh we talked about this a little bit earlier we're gonna move on now De'Aaron fox's all-star chances after last night are blank do i have to make up a word you start it off you don't have to make it I'll, i'll i'll do a regular word i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna say promising promising is gonna be my word i think like you said earlier it was about as as light of a 27 and what was 27 eight. and eight, eight that you could have. I mean, um, we kind of saw it in that last preseason game against the Lakers. I wouldn't say De'Aaron had a good, great game at all. Ended up with 20, 21 that game. Um, ended up with 27 tonight. I think, again, like his just his ability to get points so easily now. It's scary because if he plays well, he's going to have 35, 36, 40, I won't say 50 point nights, but he's going to have that ability to do those kind of things. And it's it's kind of like the evolution of a basketball or of stars, you know, learning how to just get your numbers without really having to force it, force the issue. And, and for De'Aaron to finish, finish off with 27 on a bad night, on a night where somebody else on his team scores 36, uh, it's just, it's very promising for me. I think De'Aaron's going to have a crazy, crazy year. Not to like go back and, and say what I said before. I'll, I'll say slim only because how political the all-star process is. I think he's going to play like an all-star and he's going to, to quote Isaiah Thomas in, in the last dance. <laughs> oh, no, it was the last dance? Or no, that it was, was uh, the, no, it was the uh, dream team documentary. The dream, yeah. Equally I met, great, I met, better. I met the criteria, but I was not selected. I think that De'Aaron's going to meet the criteria, and it's just going to come down to Donovan Mitchell or or Devin Booker and Chris mm-hmm. Paul. Just he, yeah. someone's going to take that spot, and it, it's going to frustrate all the Kings fans, and it's going to be a, a total circus Jordan on Twitter. Poole. Oh my God! Hey, I I have him in fantasy, and I, I think he's too. 
He's going to have a big season. I, I paid think. way too much money for him on accident, but I still paid like $22 for him. He, no, you know, no one drafted him in my league. He was, he was on the, the, in get, free agent. If Waivers. I could give my two steals, it would be Jordan Poole or two players I'm most excited about for fantasy. Jordan Poole and the other one who was in that same situation that you just described where no one wanted him, Patty Mills. I picked up Patty Mills for a dollar at the end of the draft. And uh, you saw what Patty Mills was maybe Brooklyn's best player for yeah, that first half. Pe- that first people half. don't people don't want San Antonio's Patty Mills, but they they'll they'll want Brooklyn's Patty Mills. <laughs> uh, but no, De'Aaron yeah. in the All Star game. Um, no, I, I, like I said, it's gonna be a political thing. De'Aaron, like you said, what a quiet twenty seven and eight. Uh, he can score so many ways. The threes they kind of fall in bunches when they do. Like in the first quarter, he was knocking them down, and then they'd stop falling. Um, the mid range has been deadly for the last two years now. And then the free throw line, he has so many ways to get points. Uh, the free throws did fall last night, if I'm not mistaken, what he shoot, he shot, uh, seven of 10, 70%. That's around his career average, but we'll take, I'll take seven and 10 from him. Uh, yeah. so yeah, Darren Fox. I like it. I like it. Uh, I don't like the fact that he's might not make the all-star game, but I like, I like everything you said. It's, it's going to suck, but we went through it with yeah. DeMarcus cousins too. How many times, I mean, two, three years, DeMarcus cousins should have been an all-star and it just didn't happen. So, so we don't know this yet because like we said, we have a recorder with Matt, but Matt definitely made some great points about this earlier. Uh, Luke Walton was blank to bench Marvin Bagley. Right. Uh, mm. Correct. Cor- correct. Uh, I couldn't help, but I hate to say it. I couldn't help, but not really care that he wasn't in the game last night. I honestly forgot about it for a while. And that's kind of telling because I I never sat there and thought, wow, the Kings could use Marvin Bagley right now. Not, not at any point. And that's not a knock on Marvin. It's just a knock on, I guess, Vladi. I mean, to go back to 2018, I don't know. It just, he doesn't really fit with, with this team and this roster and, and, and the fact that De'Aaron Fox is the star. And I think Marvin does still think he is a star and that's in his head. It's in his agency's head, his family. Uh, and, you know, he might, he might go somewhere else and become a 20 and 10 player and, and become an all-star. Maybe he will, but this team, I do think the best version of it has Marvin Bagley on the bench. And I think it's the right move now. And for the long term. it just, it needed to be done. Mm. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know where I end up falling on on the spectrum of of how I feel about the ultimate decision. I think, I think there's room for him to play. I think uh, Tristan Thompson doesn't inspire security to me. Um, I think Marvin could probably do a little bit better in that role, but I understand that, like you're saying, like I don't think he wants that role, and I think that's what they're trying to instill in him with this benching is like look, man, like you're not going to play when you do play. You'll have to play this way in this role because this is what we need from this role and everything. You know, you can show your further ability through just, you know, through the little things in that playtime. But he's just never going to earn those minutes unless he's like, you know, like you said, play plays a role that the team needs. My word is secured. Luke Walton was secured uh, to bench Marvin uh, Bagley. I think this is an organizational decision, kind of like you pointed out there. I think this is not Monty McNair's player. Um, I think Luke didn't feel an obligation, but I think they're obviously, we all know, like we had heavy 
investment in Marvin Bagley and, and heavily are heavily invested in in him becoming that star that we all think or thought he could be and he thought he could be. Um, the decision to bench him ultimately tells me that from an organization from top to bottom, like the team does just doesn't see him in the future plans unless he proves otherwise. Uh, and so that's just not something that that was that was the case in the past. You know, they would shoe him or shoehorn him in to the starting lineup in any situation uh, for better or worse. And I just think those days are over. And for 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 him to to make that move to me is just like it's 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 written now in stone. Like this is how the organization feels about this situation. It's, it's over. It's it's just over. It's over. I mean, it frankly is. I mean, my the, my question is, will he ever play a game for the Kings again? I mean, I think I think that's something that that we really have to start asking because it's. It, you know, I think initially his plan, the plan for the team was for him to eventually work his way into the rotation through little minutes. But I don't know if it's worth it at this point or if, or if something happens just before that. Last one. I'm sorry. Before we before we go on for too long about this. Buddy looked blank coming off the bench last night. Buddy looked blank. I'm trying to think of a, of a coming good off word the bench last night. Um. Do you have if you've word first, put it out. I'm thinking of one, the right one. I have an I, idea. I don't have the right one. I'll just say, uh, buddy looked right coming off the bench. <laughs> that was the word that I was gonna. That was the word that I was gonna use. <laughs> Man, oh well, okay, sorry. Then I did use the. Uh, no, nah, we can use. Well, we, it's it's good that yeah. we're we're uh, in unison. I like well, it. He looked right. It looks that's 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 buddy buddy healed is an overqualified bench player. Um, who is an underqualified starter. So he's right where he should be. He's going to be probably, if, if I had to guess, I, I didn't have the balls to put it on our on our season survey on KHK.com, but I think Buddy's really going to be in the sixth man of the year conversation. He, I think he put up, what, 16 or 17 last night? Yeah, and, and, and effective shooting from the field too, which we mm-hmm. saw none of that in preseason, but he was 4 of 7 from 3 and then 5 of 9 from the field. That's Mm-hmm. Six rebounds, seventeen points, thirty minutes. That, that's perfect. That's what he, I'm sure that's what he wants as well. I that's mean, a perfect he's, night he's for Buddy Hield. Mm-hmm. That's as perfect I, as at night you can get. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, sorry, even about full of food. I don't know. Do you, do you want me I to? Do. No, it's okay. What do you, you eat? Talk instead. <laughs> what are you having? Cliff Bar. Cliff Bar. Cliff I had. Bar. Uh, I like. I love me some granola. No, it. it uh, Buddy Hield off the bench is something that I think Kings fans have been clamoring for for a while now, and. I think everybody was on board with it except for Buddy. And mm-hmm. the, the fact that now he seems like he's fully on board with it and is embracing that role is such a huge asset to the Kings. And like you said, I think that Buddy looks at the six-man award too and says, you know, I can get that. Like, I definitely mm-hmm. could win that, and he definitely could. If the Kings are a good team and they compete and even make the playoffs or playing, he's going to get votes if he's mm-hmm. playing like, like he did last night on a nightly basis. If he finishes the season averaging 16, 17 points off of the bench – and he rebounds the way that he has rebounded over his career. His assist numbers have been up. Uh, it's going to be a really big, big year for him and for the Kings because Buddy Heald is important to his team. And you saw mm-hmm. that Luke Walton trusts him too. They yeah. played him, played him late. He's going to play. So mm-hmm. it looks right. Like you said, it's, it looks right. And I think it's something the Kings have needed for a while is him in mm-hmm. that role. Do you think that if Buddy shines in this role, like it would – I mean, he still has a lot of years. What three years left on his contract? Two years left on his contract? I think. I think. I think. 
I think this season and two more. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that 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 yeah, that his starring in that role affects the how the Kings look at his you know trade outlook just in terms of this season? If he plays well in this role, the Kings might have uh, they might be inclined to keep him. Yeah. And and he said last night uh, about tying Paige Stoyakovic on the all time three point list. <laughs> that he he hopes he can keep doing things for years. He said for, for years to come for this team. He said for mm-hmm. years to come. And I think that was kind of a skimmed over quote, and I I kind of forgot about it too, but he did say that. And I think that he is open, at least in, at least to the press, he is in, open to being a part of his team as long as the team will have him. And I think that any player in the NBA just wants to be valued and they want to be appreciated and uh, – Buddy Heald, I think when he he looked at being benched before, was a knock on that. I think it was, oh, wow, you don't value me as much because you're knocking me down for bogey or whoever it was. It was bogey at the time. Um, now it's you see Mo Harkless starting, but Luke Walton's playing Buddy Heald late. Bless you, by the way, Chris. Thank Luke you. Wal- Luke, Walton's, Luke Walton's playing Buddy Heald late in these games because he trusts him, and that's pretty telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh... – I, like you just said, I think him playing him playing at the end of games is not something I expected to see. I think maybe that could have a lot to do with the Marvin decision as well. Is look, I mean, when they played Buddy and Marvin at the same time, like <laughs> you're going to have the worst defense in the league. We've seen what happens. Um, Buddy is an interesting one defensively. I don't. We don't need to get into it. But you know, last night in at the beginning of last season, we saw him show some extreme levels of defensive effort that we had never and we haven't seen since uh, the start of last season. It'll be interesting to see how that develops because to me, I mean, you know, it's always said defense is, is directly linked to effort and stuff. And I think Buddy has never been one for lack of effort. Uh, but if that end of the – if he starts slipping at the end – that's on that end of the court, my goodness, um, what does that do for Luke's confidence, Luke's trust in him? And just what does that mean for his buy-in? Because I think the key right now uh, and the reason why I was so confident heading into last night's game specifically was it seems like everyone, with the exception of one, is marching in the same direction. They're all playing the same beat. They're all playing to the beat of their the same drum, not their own drum. And they're all in line with what the goal is, what the team is trying to do, what the team's identity should be, and what a winning team looks like. And I only say with the exception of Marvin because of the off-the-court stuff, I do actually think on the court Marvin is headed in the same direction as well. He looked like he was standing all game and cheering on his teammates. But um, it'll be interesting to me. Long story short, it'll be interesting to me uh, if Buddy's defense slips, if that confidence slips as well and like we talked about earlier maybe that's how Davion finds his way into the closing lineup as well yep I agree sorry I know that was a lot of not really anything just to come back to (laughs) no I agree I agree I concur like we you know I'm sure Matt has the same the same thoughts (laughs) had the same had the same thoughts earlier when we talked to him Mm -hmm. anyways uh yeah buddy he'll bench roll love to see it really really excited to see if that can keep Bang, I muted you anyways. That's Boom. The, no. um, should we do a happy time? They always do happy time. I don't have... You, you You make the tweets for the station. Do you have a happy birthday? 
Um, no, it's no one's birthday today. Uh, it yeah. is the the three year anniversary of the Kings. perfect. That's next. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to I, I think it, we can call it like the the Amon Shumpert coming out party uh, when when the Kings beat the Thunder on the road, and it was the 2018-19 season. That season where the Kings were were, I guess you could say, uh, almost good. Yeah, and let me see. I, I, I'm not sure. Is that the game where where Shump had like 27 points? He had 27 points, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 26, like four 26 or five points. Threes. Shumpert, happy anniversary to Iman Shumpert scoring 26 points, nine of 13 from the field, four of seven from three, and three steals. And the Kings defeated the Thunder, who back then I think that was the uh, the Paul George Russell Westbrook Thunder. Um, so happy anniversary. That's that's the only thing I have. No birthdays. Yeah. Happy trails. Can we give any happy trails besides Marvin? I don't want to do Marvin. Ah. That'd be that'd be low hanging fruit, it seems. <laughs> happy trails. Uh, happy, uh, oh, I got it. Happy trails. De'Aaron Fox's shoe. Oh my God. It, tell, in the tell closing me. minutes of last night's game, uh, as De'Aaron Fox is literally trying to close it out, I think the Kings were up five at that point. Um with with uh with a couple I think that was like a oh minute. Like oh, a minute yeah, left. De'Aaron Fox's in a Zion-esque move, it wasn't even – Zion obviously blew through his sneaker in Exploded. college. De'Aaron's was really weird because it was his front foot, and it just, like, slipped out the back of his shoe. I'm not entirely sure how that happened, but uh, he then took another step, slipped, fell, lost the ball. Portland, I think, got a layup on the other end, or they missed the layup. No, that was the play. That was no. That's how Davion then got ran over. They hit the layup, then they stole steal the, inbound. the inbound, get another uh, layup. Next thing we know, Kings are up one. Are up, up one or up is it one. up three? Yeah. They're up, up one point, and then uh, Buddy knocked down the free throws. So, yeah. Um, so, happy trails to Aaron Fox's shoe. Almost happy trails to a King victory. Yeah. Tell me, you th- I thought the game was for sure over. As soon as that sequence happened, I just yeah. my, my stomach dropped, and I said, okay. Here we go. Uh, I mean, the, that would have sucked to lose. To lose in that way would have been like ultimate depression. Like we're still the same old, same old. Reminiscent. Um, it's reminiscent to last season, though. You Games. and I would probably be optimistic and be like, "But they played so well. Like they were playing well. Let's focus on that." I, I would try to be optimistic. I would try. I mean, I probably would. Like the collapse is one thing, but I, like they legitimately did look good in their good moments. Yeah, and people, <clears throat> I don't know. Kings fans are so it, it's it really I don't know we, we they don't trust one game or, or preseason stuff like that what is this doko I don't care <laughs> downtown commons interrupting my flow here no it's uh one game isn't isn't a tell-all but be happy the Kings won the first game of the season they won yeah. on the road in Portland a place that I think I said they were what two and 17 I think over the yeah. last nine years mm-hmm. take 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 that and be happy with it because the Kings rarely win at Moda Center. They rarely win season openers. They won two in a row now. And now they get to come home and play a Utah Jazz team that we don't really want to don't really want to play in a home opener, but thanks NBA for that scheduling. Uh but the team looked good, and that's most important. They look good. Uh they have guys out there that have experienced Tristan Thompson played played decent, I think, in his minutes. Uh, the plus minus would would tell differently, but I do like having him out there. His presence um, could see some Alex Len next game because Rudy Gobert 
So I'm happy with what I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the NBA definitely does no favors with their scheduling. I definitely have been anticipating like an zero and seven start. <laughs> so uh, it's it's good that we don't have that O and we don't have to just keep waiting for that one for the win first win. What yeah, year was that? that monkey off your back early. Was that 2019-20 when we were talking to Matt George and they were playing Charlotte and yes. they were 0-5, I think? Yes. He said he would quit his job and yes. like go go work at Subway or something if the Kings lost and they lost. One year yeah. later and Matt did eventually quit. And now, he works at, and, now, and now he works yeah. at Subway. No. <laughs> now he works at Subway, uh, which he'll tell us all about, or he told us all about in, in our interview segment, which we I'm sure is going to be great. Um, we should actually probably go film that now. So yep. for Frankie Hardisell, I, A, I hope everybody enjoyed this style. Um, yeah, King, yeah, it was, a, it, I mean, yeah, it, it, it was a fun, little fun thing. We love PTI. Go check out PTI or watch it today at 2.30 on ESPN if you haven't seen it before. But yes, um, 20 year anniversary, which is the reason why we're doing it. I think I'm going to explain it in the beginning. But yeah, PTI is celebrating their 20th year anniversary this week. So I thought it would be fitting for us to uh, to show some some homage. Yep. And Kings win. We'll see you guys on Monday after uh, after the weekend, after they play sure. the Warriors. Au revoir, Canada. What? That's what uh, Tony says at the end of all the episodes. Does he really? Yes, he waves a Canadian flag. Oh, yeah. Au revoir, Canada.